stop making broad swath conclusions or categorizations about the moment we are in right now. The people who are looking at specifically at the industry that their business is operating in, noting all the nuance within it, those are the people who are going to find the opportunities in this moment. I'm Margaret Kelsey. And I'm Devin Bramhill. And this is Don't Say Content. And shout out to our producers at Share Your Genius. They're great at creating shows with strategic outcomes in mind. They've been with us since the podcast was just an idea, and they helped us bring it to life from strategy all the way to execution. And we absolutely love partnering with them. So if you, dear listeners, are thinking of launching a podcast, which you definitely should, by the way, we recommend having a conversation with our favorite people over at Share Your Genius. Now let's get into it. I was creeping on Reddit. They have like an agency subreddit. And one of the people posted, they were like, I think I, I think I effed up. And they do paid search for local real estate agents wanting to get leads, right? And they're like, I promised them this amount of money for this amount, get them the same results that can get any other realtor, regardless of the price point. And they didn't. The theme of the thread became, well, did you consider the market conditions? Because there's a bit of a freeze right now in the housing market. And, and right now, you- especially like, yeah, houses sell in the summer when kids are out of school because that's an appropriate time to like move an entire family. And then uh, they drop during the school year too. Right. And like even whatever, 2021, 22, that kind of broke the seasonality because people were just buying houses no matter what and when because they a lot of them were second homes. Or they're moving out of cities. And so like even then, the trend was a little bit different. It just made me think about these predetermined expectations or models and how there are a lot of agencies, even what I was doing with animals, where you try to scale a service that you know works, but that will always change. And so how do you adapt to both like long-term as things permanently change or more permanently change and short-term. But okay, maybe we should actually get into the episode because I jumped right in, but I'm late because I went down a rabbit hole seeing what is out there in the consulting world right now. That's where we're going to center today is talk about our thoughtful critique about the state of marketing agencies. I would say... We are talking about agencies, consulting, and freelancing because there's a kind of a thing happening that includes all of them. Yeah. And I have worked on all sides. I've been a freelancer, a consultant, an agency person and owner, and I've been a... And you've um, hired all of those people too. Yeah. And so I feel like that... And even as a consultant... I've helped my clients work with their other agencies as well because I understand that relationship really well. And so I think it's more like this is something that I feel like we give advice on or talk to our friends or clients about ad hoc, but we haven't had a like conversation about like what is going on. Yeah. And so And I do feel I agree and I think that sometimes the conversations that I'm having with people I'm like a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I would ever say that like publicly. I have some spicy takes that we can Ooh. get into. Wait, this is a little bit of a role reversal. I yeah, think, I know. Let's lead with Margaret's spicy takes for once. I would love, I would love to be on the backseat for this. Well, okay. So my 
biggest spicy take is similar to how I think MarTech saturated content spaces over the last 10 years with three easy ways to do XYZ type of marketing that we made up. And then founders read those articles and then are like, oh, it's just three easy things to do this buzzword. And now we're going to do it. The same thing is happening I see right now with agencies, the folks at those agencies talking about and saturating LinkedIn and other places with like, oh, SEO, for example, is like God's gift to marketing teams, right? Do SEO and your your world is changed forever for the better. And what I'm seeing too is that founders who don't have a marketing background or haven't worked with good strategic level marketers will just gobble up this information and be like, oh yes, that's what I need, right? So it's a little snake oily, but I'm actually having to recalibrate people's brains, founders' brains into This is what marketing is. And this is like a channel, right? And it's a good channel sometimes because of these reasons, but it's not everything to everyone. And we have to stop talking about that like it is. And I understand that it's marketing and advertising, but when it's pitched as education and not marketing and advertising for these services, I think founders can get their brains really wrapped in a pretzel. And so that is my biggest annoyance right now. Yeah. Agencies and even consultants are sort of selling the thing that they already do and believe in. And therefore, what is it? Everything is a nail when you're a hammer. Yeah. And so they're always going to be looking through that lens, which leads me to two thoughts. One, I think the best consultants don't do anything. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. They come in and they evaluate objectively because they're not tied to a specific model. They have principles, right? So my consistent advice right now is doing less in the marketing department and going off book, like shut off. I've told some executives to fire their marketers for various reasons and then bringing in whatever the pinch hitter is they need, whether it's a consultant, freelancer, agency, for that flexibility. I think I'm able to be objective because I my interest lies solely with my client and not with a pr- process or template that I've created, which interestingly was the primary piece of advice I got when I started consulting. Everyone was said, to not hey, lock yourself into a specific repeatable no, process. No, to do that. They're like, you need a template, you need a playbook, something that can be automated, that it can be high margin and this and that. And I understand that from a business perspective, but that is not what's most helpful. Yeah. Like when I came into Cisco, they had a very unique experience, even for industry standard for companies of that size and type, et cetera. It's like, you know, I was the one who actually, they had an agency they thought was garbage. I came in, I was like, this agency is outstanding. You just need help working with them. So I, it's funny, you saw me struggle with putting together a website and it was like, I don't, I'm not selling you a way, you know, I'm selling you the way that's best for you specifically right now. Exactly. It's not, you have a specific way. It's, you're going to be a thought partner to challenge them and to work with them and to advise them on how to set up their specific bespoke way. And I I totally agree with you. I think that business model is at odds with what is actually helpful, especially right now, as we've always talked about, like everything is changing underneath us. Channels are changing. 
behaviors are changing, consumption patterns are changing, macro environmental things are changing, people's purchasing power is changing, how they get purchase approved is changing. Like everything is changing in the buying process underneath us right now. And I think anyone that's selling a templated process, I can't, I don't want to say something so dramatic, but I think if you are buying something from someone that's selling you a templatized process in the marketing field, I would be a little concerned. I would do a little deeper digging. Yeah. I feel like this is a drumbeat that I've developed over the conversations I've been having just over the past two weeks. Even friend to friend, I'm talking people off the ledge. I'm like, stop making broad swath conclusions or categorizations about the moment we are in right now. Yeah. You know, some are like, chat GBT is going to take over, you know, most content roles. And this is not even coming from marketers. It's coming from, you know, agencies or like everybody's getting fired. There's no money in B2B SaaS right now. I'm like, in times of chaos, making broad conclusions is bad. It's ineffective. Whereas the people who are looking at specifically at the industry that their business is operating in, noting all the nuance within it, those are the people who are going to find the opportunities in this moment. It's like, stop trying to name it. Start looking at like, look down in the details for once. I never advise this. I'm always (laughs) like, you need to have a big, I'm like, right now, get in there. Yeah. And I think to your point, we don't have enough data points to understand what is happening or how long things will be working or not working for. And I love that advice. It's like in times of chaos, first of all, be a little still, right? I think there is some stillness required. It's like stillness and then striking. I'm like the image that's coming to my mind right now is like a cobra. (laughs) I have been wearing tiger sweaters recently. Yeah. Yeah, but you're spot on. In times of chaos are when is when you need to be curious, more curious and more brave. It takes a lot of bravery to lead a company. Yeah. And on a good day. And this is the time when your bravery and your curiosity combined are your unique opportunity because that mindset going into the situation will help you evaluate it more objectively and be open to trying new things. And experimenting doesn't have to be a huge, big investment. It's almost time to get scrappy again across companies. Going back to this agency, solopreneur, freelancer kind of thing that's happening. I was thinking about this the other day and I'm like, that is something that I am predicting will only get to be a bigger industry and especially in B2B SaaS because I think that It used to be 10 years ago, you would not outsource any part of your marketing externally to the organization. We had this idea that like people that worked in marketing needed to have so much context and be so locked into the organization and the whole thing. And I think what we're seeing now is more of an appetite for the ability to manage programs with freelancers. And even when I went into AppQs and Ty brought animals in, I was like, woof. I don't know if I want an external content agency writing our content. And then I was able to see the light. It was like that mindset to me had to shift. And that was what, five or six years ago at this point. And now I think that there's both more talent on the market that is willing to do solopreneur freelance stuff 
maybe even create a big agency themselves or a small agency themselves. And I'm seeing the appetite for more and more companies to scale their teams that way or to experiment with new programs through that. So that is the one thing consistently that in this chaotic time frame I'm going to predict is that we're only going to see the industry be able to handle more and more solopreneur freelancers agencies. And I think the world's going to get a little noisier as all those people start to take to different channels to saturate them with their point of view. No, I think you're right. I mean, certainly I have not recommended a full-time hire to anyone recently. Yeah. And these are for non-producer roles as well. Like even high level, you need to probably for the next like at least six months, if not longer, you need that flexibility is basically it. And I think there needs to be some education around how to work with freelance folks, which I think we could talk for a long time about. It is incredible to me how quickly trends are showing up and shifting in the past three years. 2021 into last year, everyone was quitting their jobs and being very publicly antagonistic about their companies. And I will say that I know more than one company recently, not animals, who have ditched their entire staff and decided to work with freelancers because of the level of entitlement coupled with very poor work. Yeah. They they weren't doing, some of them weren't even doing their job. Well, this is the interesting thing too. It's like almost a little bit of like the cream rises to the top. If somebody's a high performer and willing to go off on their own and be a solopreneur, they can do great work for a couple companies, take the jobs of maybe three internal employees at those different companies, and then they make all that money, right? It's like a little bit of the flexibility affords everyone, right? Because then the companies get what they want, which is good work from a solid high performer. And that person can kind of scoop up a couple couple different jobs. All the executives that I talk to are still, I can't believe this, they're still exhausted. Mm. Their teams are not supporting them and they are getting it from all ends. They are it's someone go check on your executives. <laughs> I know. I'm like, someone give them a hug because they are trying so hard and they have been trying so hard. Right. And yeah. it's like this whole thing of like, I can either fire these people or we won't have a company anymore and none of you have jobs. Yeah. And I feel like there's still that kind of like breakdown and understanding. But anyhow. oh my God, I literally said that to someone yesterday who's unfortunately having to let some folks go at the company. I'm like, if the company doesn't exist, then no one has jobs. Right. It's like, you have to make that call. And it sucks. And you're a good human being if you feel bad about making that call. Like you're an empathetic they all leader. Do. They feel but at the same time, like you have to protect the company because that's how there are jobs. Because we're now at the point where folks are having to let go of A players too. And I think that's really hard. Yeah. Brilliant but, statement of the day, folks. That is hard. But A players um, should go and build solopreneur careers and then just sweep up. But Here's the thing. This is what I've been telling every agency, every marketing freelancer, or even full-time employee recently. I'm like, whatever you think about this, you need to speak with understanding of your leader's current challenges. And your leader's current challenges are, they are not bringing on enough customers and revenue, which means they need more leads, more deals in the pipeline, and If you are not demonstrating that you understand that problem, 
and coming up with creative, cost-effective solutions, there are still people asking, saying like, I can only do that with more money. Like I need more money for that. I'm like, that, you and I have done a lot with pretty much no budget throughout our careers. And so I think we understand that. doll hairs that is the entirety of the career. (laughs) And then if you were a marketer worth your salt, you would apply your creative brain to solve these problems on the budget that you have. Because not only will that be fun and exciting for you, but you're going to start getting real good because you won't be leaning on the same playbooks and trying to apply them. I actually had someone ping me on LinkedIn the other day and he was like, Devin, all these leaders I'm talking to, their marketers are only talking about activities and they don't know how to report on them. That is still a thing. Yeah. Guess who's not though? Freelancers, consultants, agencies, because they have to report on results in order to keep you as a customer. It feels very easy right now to stand out if you're good because there's still, I would say it isn't just talent that flooded the market. There are folks that I don't recommend because of their resistance to be open. They just are very rigid about their thinking and the way they operate. I'm like, no one needs that right now. Nobody needs that right now. I totally agree. I think the interesting thing that that you circled around, and I don't know if you would actually give this advice, but would you tell in in house employees to act more like solopreneurs, like like deliver those, I don't know, weekly or monthly updates on your business value? You know, that's a great idea. I think I'm saying the same thing as that. Yeah. So I'm saying act like your boss. And so it's a similar idea because your boss is worried about higher level things. And the other thing I'm saying is stop, stop pointing out problems. If you have discovered a problem and you have a solution, pitch it. And pitching includes zero attitude. It includes making a business case. So yes, it involves looking at whatever data you have, and even if it's not perfect, coming up with a hypothesis, showing the data that you use to get there, whether it's right or wrong, and saying, hey, these things that we've been doing are have produced zero or I don't see the salaries and budget we have here, but we have this number of people. There's no way this covers these people doing these activities. I found this other thing over here. I think this could have really big impact. I'm pitching you on X for Y timeline And what I want to show you is an increase of X percent. I can't promise you that, but I've looked into it. Here's the reasons why I think it could work. Can I do this? I think the other part of this, though, Devin, that that we need to just at least call out a name is there are some people who are very talented. And because of the chaotic thrashing over the last couple of years, they are now burnt out in their role. And I think this is the hard thing that I talk about to managers is if you don't think you can bring that person back from burnout, you have to let them go. You have to fire them and let them go find joy and excitement at another company if you don't think that they you can bring them back. And it might be the company's bad, right? (laughs) It might be like the company did a lot of things and didn't do it well and thrashed that really creative, wonderful person to a place where they can't give a shit anymore. And like that sucks, but the only inevitable outcome is either you wait for that person to leave on their own, but it might take them a while, right? Or they might just rest and vest, as they say. Or you have to let them go so you can get folks in there, like you're talking about, folks who are energetic enough to lean in to come up with creative solutions. 
And there are enough people out there right now that do feel that way or could feel that way about a new company. I'm so glad you said that because I was talking to someone last night about this and they have an employee who's very talented. I was like, fire them now. Fire them immediately. Yeah. I can give you 10 names. I will only speak to marketers because that is the majority of people I have been surrounded by and am communicated to about, but they've been burnt out for years. Yeah. But for the people who are just consistently crying burnout for years and have no proposal for what would be better, that's realistic. They have no proposal or it's unrealistic. I'm like, no, you now have a choice because good people came back into the market. It's so interesting. I feel like you have such a different perspective by managing folks that worked in an agency. The only time I ever was in an agency, I was an employee of a PR agency for a hot second. I can extrapolate out what that is. But I feel like you you come with this very unique perspective of having managed people that worked at an agency. And I feel like that is has to be one of the harder jobs and is one reason why I specifically right now have no interest in scaling my business at all in any sort of that way, right? I don't want to have employees. I don't want to think about, I don't know. I just don't want any sort of that structure because... I don't know. It's a challenging business model, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, so my perspective is not just my own. When I was running animals, I thought it was unique to us. And then I left and every single other agency, no matter how darling they are, is having the exact same problem with their workforce. I didn't have to look for a pattern. It's just people are saying the exact words to me. I think consulting is where it's at right now. I think it's going to be really hard for company like executives because it's hard to find good ones. And I've encountered some bad advice. Yeah. I think executives talk to your friends and get recommendations because it is really hard to determine whether an agency is good or not unless you have like proof. But we're jumping to the fact that like a founder or an executive already knows what type of agency to employ or to look for. And I think that's the thing that we were talking about. You have to even figure out what you need, right? And if you go just agency shopping, you're going to get really amazing sales pitches and promises that like this thing that the agency does will change the course of your business. And it might not be that that's actually what your business needs. You're so right. And this is why like, I want to be an agent for their talent. You and I have talked about this before on the oh, hiring yeah. side. Yeah. But, but I mean it on the outsource side. I just want to go in and be like, listen, you only need to do this thing right now. Or you need help in this area. You can stop spending money over here or spend less money over here and then help them run that relationship. Because you do have to look at them in the beginning as a new employee. You have to set expectations. You have to give them objectives. You have to work with them on timeline. Hold them to it. Oh my God, give them so much access and alignment and over-communicate goals and anything that's changing within your company or anything that they need to be focused on. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And hold them to those expectations and communicate. I think I've told this story before, but when I was at Help Scout and we hired a PR agency, it was my first time working with outsourced help. Actually, we worked with animals then too, which is crazy. And I was having all these issues with the PR agency. So I complained to my boss, the CMO. 
so stupid. And he was like, why aren't you managing the PR agency better? No, I made this. I was like, they're this and that. It was Sunit, who I love. I made this list of how incompetent they were. And he said, did you share any of that with them? Shut me right the fuck up. I was like, like, oh, I should go have that conversation with them. So true, though. I was talking the other day with somebody who was like, oh, and then we'll hire in this agency and they'll set strategy. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Do not let an agency set strategy. Like you will set the strategy and then hire on the best agency to execute on your strategy. You cannot let them run wild and just do whatever they want willy nilly because oftentimes they'll deliver you strategy, strategy. That's also not a strategy. So I'm like, it was like alarm bells went off in my brain. I almost like jumped through the screen. I was like, please don't hire on an agency and then let them set strategy. If I could playbook anything, I would say, I want to work with you for three months. I'm going to figure out what you need. I'm going to find your right partner. I'm going to set you up for success on both sides. I'm going to be your little whisperer, get things rolling. And then I'm going to leave. Like you guys go off. I think that would be my dream scenario because I know so many talented people, consultants, freelancers, agencies, whoever. The biggest problem is always how to structure that relationship. Because imagine you're a product founder and you have a tiny budget. You need some kind of marketing program, not only are you probably lost on who to hire, but like you don't know how to manage them either. Yeah. And they're probably going to fail. And it's like, it's everyone's fault, nobody's fault kind of thing, you yeah. know? And it does take time to build trust with an agency. You kind of need that objective party in the middle because on the agency side and the consulting side, I think the benefit that I've seen from being a consultant versus representing an agency is I work with people who I either know or have been recommended by someone I know really well and who they really trust. So they trust me a little bit more inherently. And so I'm able to kind of like help. They, Yeah. 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 And it's more productive faster. And I think agencies really struggle because they have this model for how they manage clients and how they execute. And look, we did too. So I'm not saying we were above that. And it's like that sometimes gets in your way. Yeah. Yeah, the repeatability gets in your way. Okay, y'all, that's a wrap. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll be back next week. And just remember, you're doing great. You're doing great. 30% of you are doing great. The rest, you got to get your shit together. Come on. You know, you know which side you're on this week. You know. (laughs) You know. See you next week. Bye. Bye. I want to know when it's going to be peak leaf peeping season. This is Margaret's basic. (laughs) This is how she shows up basic. I'm so basic. I'm wearing my fall sweater. I got this sweater at a vintage store over the weekend in Williamsburg. I thought for a second that it was Christmas themed and I was like a little early, but I'll I'll take it. No, it's a Kelly. Let me speak into the microphone. It's a Kelly green sweatshirt. I think it was actually made for a child, but it fits me perfectly. With Child's Looney, extra two large. Looney Tunes on it, it's oh shoot! I've got oh, my Sylvester. handmade. I've got my handmade mug from the Catskills, and I'm sipping a little espresso on this nice fall day. I'm so basic. Yeah, I'm like, I'm wearing Sylvester and Speedy Gonzalez sweatshirt, probably made from a child ten years ago, bought secondhand. <laughs> <laughs>